Hi, everyone. This is Erica Spicer Mason with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast Series. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're joined by two guests who will talk to us about resource consolidation, dentist satisfaction, and DSO growth in 2024. I'm delighted to be joined by Dan Crawford, the Manager of Enterprise Market at Clear, and Greg Mahoney, the Senior Manager of Consulting for Skytail Group. Welcome, Dan and Greg. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thrilled to have you on. And before we dig into our discussion, I was hoping you could both just take a moment to share a little bit more about yourselves, your background, your role, whatever you'd like our audience to know about. Um, Dan, maybe we can start with you. Sure. Um, so thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here as well. Always great to collaborate with Beckers. Um, but um, as Erica mentioned, my name is Dan Crawford. I manage our enterprise market here at Clear. So all of our groups and DSOs from uh, uh, from sales to account management and customer success, that falls under my team. Um, I've been with Clear for, gosh, coming up on five years now. Feels like a lot longer, but um, really excited to be here today. Really excited to share some insights. And uh, we've done a lot of great work and learned quite a bit from our group partners over the last few years. So looking forward to the discussion. Fantastic. Thanks, Dan. And Greg, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hi, I've I've uh, been a consultant at Skytail for two years and have worked in uh, smaller emerging DSOs and larger DSOs in building their strategic operations and their infrastructure in order to scale and grow. And so now I get to do the that with a portfolio of clients across the country and Skytail uh, not only is a full-service strategic and financial firm to pre present those consulting services, but also an M&A advisory firm to help emerging practices and large-scale practices go to market and help sell. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Greg and Dan. Sounds like we have a lot of great expertise uh, for our session today. And Greg, I think just based on you know what you were describing with your experience at Skytail and in the DSO space, I did want to kick off our conversation with talking a little bit about resource consolidation as we are seeing this trend toward consolidation in the dental industry. So in your view, what are the top challenges that DSOs face when undergoing resource consolidation? I think this really becomes a strategy of looking inward and performing your own resource-based analysis. What do you have at your disposal to create positive change and strategic growth? And that can be difficult for organizations. They're looking at, well, we don't have as much money to spend right now, or the budgets are tighter. So how do we grow our organization? The first area they'll look at is service line expansion. If you've been kind of bread and butter practice or group, how can you expand services? So where dentists consider additional CE or build out a practice within a practice, then and the associated marketing plans that go along with building that new business living inside the current one. For instance, uh, building out a, an orthodontic section inside your practice, may, maybe with clear aligners of some sort, or maybe it's dental implants and dentures, or sleep apnea and TMJ services, uh, or expanding and pushing into endodontics or oral surgery and building that up 
as having its own reputation inside your practice that people are coming forth uh, to help to help grow. The other areas where I find DSOs are facing challenges is then leveraging systems and employee employee efficiencies together. When when we start thinking about how in the very beginning of any business it's trying to bootstrap itself, it takes a lot of sweat. And so here we're going back to those roots and we're building systems and we're refining protocols to let people solve human problems and let the systems and SOPs and policies take care of everything else. So practically, this kind of looks like assuring job descriptions are accurate and describe the duties and expectations of employees. It's probably been a long time since some of those have been overhauled. And it's not just to have correct documentation there, but now you can take those that match what actually people are doing and then check to be sure that you have SOPs that follow every one of those items in the job descriptions. If you're hiring people and you need to have them do something, you need to have those SOPs that support all of those things you're asking them to do. That helps set expectations and then how they're going to do it and how success will be measured. And this helps to create you know, expectations in the business, but it also helps keep employees and team members accountable for what they're expected on. It provides them tools to achieve success and feel supported in their work. And it allows them to fully engage. When employees come to work with you, now they're saying, well, how do I be successful? And those that don't know how to be successful, they disengage. And now you have a lot of that quiet quitting that happens that's been such a buzzword around the world recently. And we want our employees to be engaged. So we need to provide them all of these tools. And then lastly, building the SOPs, after we use those to build training materials. You don't want an employee to start and then they quit by lunch because they're like, this is a mess. I don't know how to be helpful here. I don't know how to be successful because there's nothing here to train. And so set a real good first impression with those new employees using all of those tools there. And now you have a predictable system for bringing people in and showing them how to be happy and successful in your practice. Thanks so much, Greg. Really appreciate the insights that you've shared across a variety of challenges. You know, we've talked about the workforce, um, expansion opportunities, uh, SOPs. I know there's a lot to cover. And so I'm thinking for our listeners, it would be really helpful if you could share any examples, maybe of specific obstacles or wins that you've seen, um, you know, with partner organizations that your team has kind of helped to lead through these challenges. Any examples come to mind? Uh, sure. So more recently, we've helped here at Skytail, a, a number of, of clients build out specialty niches inside their existing businesses. So in some cases, this meant building out a TMJ and sleep breathing disorder practice, or this meant adding in dentures and implants and the creation of the marketing plans and the budgets and everything else that went around that. The results then turn into where this really matters. And, you know, in a matter of just two and a half years, creating a niche practice inside a general practice that on its own does two and a half million dollars in revenue 
is fantastic growth. Uh, or another practice that was looking at growing their Invisalign business and seeing that, you know, how do we achieve this? How do we build this inside our practice? And, you know, they would do a few cases a month, but then by looking at how they were identifying candidates and how they spoke to candidates and how they followed up on cases and that, that treatment, that case acceptance and, and treatment planning piece able to grow from about $12,000 a month to $65,000 a month. Uh, similarly, we've helped or advised others on, hey, how do, I, how do I create something else for my patients who are saying like, hey, I, I lost my dental insurance or something like that. And so then we're recommending them to employ a membership plan. And so here to be able to see somebody and talk through that process with them, to grow that to where they're collecting $25,000 a month in uh, membership dues is a fantastic piece. But I think the real piece where I was talking earlier on building out SOPs and job descriptions and how that can affect a practice, I've been working with a multi-location client where they were thinking, well, do we add more people here? And my recommendation was let's retool and re-equip the people that we have with the tools that they need to be successful and, and reset. I think we have all of the people we need right now, but let's reorganize them in a different way. This investment led to a significant expansion in production efficiency and therefore led to a much higher uh, level of profitability. We were able to support patient interactions and make sure that we created the best experience. So this wasn't about making patients a number, but we were there to support and nurture that patient experience and provide relationships uh, with those patients and with their providers. But through the building of the systems and engaging all those employees and making them more efficient, we were able to add over the course of 2023, $800,000 of revenue, really, which meant EBITDA increased from 17% to 24%. And that's a massive change. And at the scale of this business, that was fantastic growth. And I think that's just one example of what can be achieved when you look inward into your business and say, all right, let's, let's invest in the people and the systems we have. And you can truly wring out a lot more profitability through that process. Thanks so much, Greg. What a fantastic example and one that leads to increased efficiency and profitability. I know that's something that will um, certainly interest a lot of our readers. So thanks again for sharing that. And I know a big component of growth is, of course, measurement. And for more and more practices nowadays, technology as well. So I kind of wanted to shift into that territory a bit. Um, and Dan, I, I know with your work at Clear, you can probably speak pretty well to this too. Um, and I, I wanted to speak specifically to same store sales. I know this is a really key measure as practices are growing. So what essential resources or technology have proven crucial for DSOs as they reach their same store sales goals? Yeah, for sure. And um, Greg, I love, you know, kind of your anchoring your initial insights there about resource consolidation to that, you know, the journey of looking inward and reflecting, right? Because that that activity goes hand in hand with looking to increase your same store sales and your same store growth. So, 
just, you know, in terms of defining that, what exactly are we looking to achieve with same store sales? Of course, that's in a word expanding off of what you already have or getting more out of what's already, you know, existing. That's not the technical term, but um, when it comes to dental practices and groups and DSOs that, you know, we work with a clear having the opportunity or taking the opportunity to look inward at, you know, what sorts of patients do you have coming into your doors? How are they behaving? And what's the net benefit for us as a business at the end of the day, right? So obviously last year, or the, you know, last year being 22, it's already, or 23, excuse me, it's already 24. Um, certainly challenging uh, economically in many respects. And, you know, we had a lot, heard a lot of feedback in that regard from a lot of our current DSO and DPO customers. But, you know, if you think about same store sales, what kind of investments are you making to, again, elevate what you're currently doing, whether that's process, people? From our perspective, a big thing is visibility into that number one asset, which is, of course, your patients coming in the door. So when you think about tech and, you know, what sorts of things do you want to invest in? You want to look towards things that are not only going to increase patients visiting, right? It's, it's certainly volume is an important component, but when we think about the same store sales, it's also very much about retention, return visitation, loyalty, things of that nature. So what sorts of resources and technology do you have that can give you visibility into those insights? Not just, you know, net patient visits, but also obviously the recall and then what are they accepting and then how many of them are coming back year over year over year. So that's, of course, something you should be looking at no matter what. But I think a lot of times groups are now looking to invest in more technology to look at perhaps different patient cohorts inside the practice itself to then try and capitalize on those metrics. So, for example, what sorts of, you know, what's the percentage of inactive patients that you have in your system? How many patients have come in for a visit in the last year or two that did not return? for that second visit, right? Is there an opportunity there? You know, is there some sort of discrepancy in terms of, or some sort of disproportionate amount of insurance that's kind of kind of being accepted in the practice? Is that, you know, contributing to a lot of your revenue and perhaps there's opportunities for you to make some changes or some adjustments there? And then of course, you know, what about the uninsured patients, right? So typically we see anywhere from 10 to 30% of patients that are seen each year in a practice are, without coverage, many of whom do not return after that initial or emergency visit, given the fact that they don't have a dental plan. So is your group or your practice prioritizing that patient as a growth opportunity, given that you know they're not affiliated with a potentially low paying insurance? Or is it something that you're just hoping that you can get the most from that patient and then hope that they come back? So I think the key here, when you think about, you know, what resources or tech have really proven crucial to DSOs at this point, it's what's enabling you to look inward, right? Kind of, again, going back to Greg's point, but when you are looking inward, are you looking at the right things and finding the right opportunities that you can then invest into further? Thanks, Dan. That's really helpful. And as you were talking about this kind of technology and these key characteristics, it made me think of some goals that I think a lot of healthcare practices have today in regards to technology, which is ensuring that the tech is interoperable or it's easily integrated into current systems. So for DSOs and dental practices, just digging a little further here, what do you really recommend that they prioritize? Um, what are the benefits that they should look for, you know, either operationally or even as it re relates to 
kind of the mental or cognitive load of dentists as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, obviously if we can increase efficiencies, if we can, you know, uh, lessen the amount of different systems that are in place that the front desk teams have to try and manage just to take care of one task, that's going to be good things for everybody. Right. So um, if one of the primary initiatives that we're looking to really try and capitalize on this year and obviously on the go forward is growth, but really same store sales growth, efficiencies are of course really going to be the name of the game. So you really want to look for tech partners that can integrate either with one another or obviously, of course, with your practice and management system to really be, that should really be a key focus area. And then again, of course, on top of that, once you take that step, right, okay, maybe I can integrate with the PMS or, you know, I can integrate with another tech partner, but what are you looking for? And then what sorts of processes do you have in place to take action on that data once you have identified it? Right. So, you know, if the information that you need to be a more lean and effective operation is easily accessible to your teams, then going back again to what Greg said, you can let, you know, people solve the people problems and the systems can solve the system problems. Right. Your teams can really just focus on the patients and cultivating those relationships and really maintaining that loyalty while you've got systems underneath that are working in collaboration with one another, providing easy access to different pieces of information that, again, can be actionable as far as growth and strategic initiatives, all those things are critical. So just for some context on our side, one of the things that we really try and stress or we're starting to stress rather with a lot of our partners is, you know, when you're looking internal or you're looking at your systems, you know, what sorts of areas can you pay more attention to, right? Now that perhaps you do have a different technology that can give you different bits of information. What sort of visibility do you really think you want in order to be successful? Is it, you know, how much does one insurance reimburse you more than another? What exactly does that mean for your profitability? Is your uninsured patient base providing an opportunity that you're really not able to capitalize on because you don't have the right systems or processes or really strategic uh, insight in place to go after it? These are all kinds of questions that you want to continually ask yourself. And when you think about investing in technology to solve them or address them, you really want to make sure that there is that integration between as many components as possible so that it is seamless. And that then kind of gets, uh, segues into how is that, of course, going to obviously mitigate the, the mental strain for the dentist? it's very much kind of the same thing, right? If I as a dental business owner or if a DSO executive can trust in the fact that my systems underneath my operational personnel are operating as they should and giving our teams the visibility that they need into the right data and that we have a good plan on top to go ahead and you know take action on it, then I can sleep soundly at night, right? And I can focus on other things and really make sure that I have my foot on the gas for growth rather than trying to plug holes, put out fires, things of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Dan. And Greg, I just wanted to check in with you too. Is there anything that you'd add to what Dan has shared? Yeah, I really, I really like Dan's approach here of you know, what is going to help uh, help that that owning doctor sleep at night. And you want to know that your teams have all the information available to them that they need. But at the same time, you need to make sure that they have a narrow enough priority list that they can achieve what they need to achieve. Because there are lots of platforms out there 
that can provide dashboards, right? But, and there's every single metric that you, and KPI that you could ever imagine. And so it's important to cut through the noise and focus on your business's priorities and the metrics that correspond with them. And then tying a specific metric to each individual in the business and making sure that it's connected with what they do every day. It, for instance, you, you have somebody who is making phone calls on for recall, for instance. There's emails and there's text messages and things like that that go out, but there's still people that need phone calls. But if you have somebody doing that, measure how many phone calls should they be making each day? When should those be completed? And all of these metrics kind of line up so that you have the ability to tie actions to metrics and help push things forward. Because in the end, we need to know how to manage those behaviors because the scoreboard, the metrics that are up there, the scoreboard doesn't win the game. It only tells you the results that were achieved on the field. And so knowing what to do with the metrics and how to operationalize them is the, act is the key part. And I think that that's where uh, Dan's team and where our team kind of combine. And when, when, when we're out there, we're there to explain, here's this data, here's how to use it and make it actionable in your business to create real results. Thanks so much for tying that all together, Greg. That phrase, um, how does it go? What you can't measure, you can't manage, or the reverse of that, that kept coming to mind as both you and Dan were explaining the importance of these KPIs and these metrics. So appreciate the explanation. And I know we've covered a lot of ground. We've covered same store sales, technology, resource consolidation. So I think I'd like to wrap up our conversation by really talking about what success looks like. Um, and Greg, maybe we can get your perspective on this first, since we have you already. Um, can you share with us whether there are any key characteristics of an office that is acquisition ready? What does that look like? And how can DSOs best align their business and resources to attract those opportunities? Getting ready for an acquisition or our transaction as an, as an owner of a, of a business, a multi-location practice, a single location practice, as you approach that readiness, you are creating a lot of hybridized systems with technology and people, and you're, you have perfected a lot of your systems and you feel comfortable that your practice is running kind of like a sewing machine. It's got a rhythm, it's moving pretty quickly, you understand what the next hurdles are going to be, and you already have an understanding of what that path will be to, to cross those hurdles. But the kind of the avatar of a practice that's ready to go to market or a multi-location group that's ready to go to market, you have developed goals and you have an understanding of what the future holds. And there's certain, a certain mentality, you're ready to hand over the reins. In some cases, this is a retirement plan. In other ways, it's a recap and it's the realization of a longer term investment. But the DSOs that are then looking to acquire practice, individual practices or multi-location groups, 
those practices, those owners are looking for a DSO who has emerged as a leader and a trusted advisor to dentists, their families and the staff who work inside those practices. Those sellers want to know that when they are partnering with a DSO, whether in a partnership model or a full sale model, that that DSO has their best interest for the practice and for the providers who work there every day for the future, that they're invested in their success as well. And so we see that they create a, these, the best case scenario, the best practice is that there's a value creation plan created for the practice by that DSO. And don't, don't let it be a buy and hold scenario where they're like, you just keep on doing what you're doing. Great. Like have them show you, here's how we plan to invest in your business. Here's how we want to see you grow and how we'll help you do that. And that should be in the terms of customized approach to manage your office. I have seen excellent examples of DSOs committed to growth for individual offices. They buy seven offices at a time. They create seven individualized, customized value creation plans for how they're going to help that practice grow because it means better things for everybody. But I've also seen situations where DSOs have purchased something and then just managed to the middle. And there were excellent offices that were pillaged for their profitability and in order to support all of the lower functioning practices that were inside that portfolio of that DSO. And so my advice when you're looking to go to market is look at the management style and systems of that DSO. Look at their ask for successes that they've had since they've purchased locations. Have them prove their, their management skills because once these deals are done, they can't be unwound. They play for keeps, and it doesn't matter if you're unhappy or not at the end, the the, that transaction happened. And so there's a lot of things. Just make sure that you're there and everybody is pushing in the same direction of growth. Yeah, thanks so much, Greg. Sounds like it really has to be a two-way conversation uh, between the organizations. So appreciate you sharing those best practices. Dan, is there anything that you would add here? Yeah, I think the only thing um, or a couple of things that I would mention that jumped out to me on that front is, you know, to what Greg was mentioning is, you know, what's happening, of course, in the middle between that group that is getting acquired and, of course, the larger group that that does the purchasing and, and executes the transaction. And so much of obviously what happens in between is about optimizing and making sure that your group is as polished as possible from a financial perspective, a personnel perspective, a process perspective as it can be that you are not only an attractive offering to obviously a larger group, but the right kind of group, as kind of Greg mentioned, given your values and your mission and what you want to become, right, as an emerging DSO. And I think so much of you know, the work that we do at Clear with offices is really helping them find or help groups find you know, unique ways to you know, increase that polish, find ways to find more or, uh, to, or leverage your uninsured patients rather to create a more sustainable revenue stream create a more optimized and stronger coverage foundation that, you know, can yield high dividends for you in uh, long-term and obviously for any 
DSO that's looking to purchase you. But again, Greg made a great point about, you know, scoreboards and metrics and all that stuff is great, right? You can have an idea of I'm getting X amount more revenue for my uninsured or, you know, my one PPO is paying more than another one. So I'm going to drop this one. That's all great. But if you don't have the right partners with you to help your teams execute, to help you put those right SOPs in process so that you can be as optimized and proficient as possible prior to that uh, transaction with the right DSO, then all those numbers and such don't really matter. And I'll just speak for Greg. I know with Greg and the Skytail Group, they're so unique because you know Greg has kind of been in the trenches, right, in offices. And tell me if I'm wrong here, Greg, but Greg's worked in dental practices. He's seen it. He's done it. He knows what works and what doesn't. So same thing on the clear side. We work with so many different dental practices and have so many different levels of expertise that you really want to find the right partners to help you get to that point so that when it does come to execution time and that transaction does occur, you're not worrying about unwinding it after the fact because you're so confident going into it. Uh, it's it's great to work with Dan and partner with Clear here because Skytail and Clear both have the same mindset of how can you develop and be the best version of yourself before you go to market. And you know, as we're looking inward in order to create a lot of value right now and and push forward, I don't I think that that should have been the mindset forever. There was a lot of mindset of, well, from the DSO perspective, you go out and you buy profitability, you package it, and then you sell it five years. And now there's this focus of, wait, we really have to buckle down and become absolutely awesome operators. And so this is kind of like what I'm thinking of like the beginning of the, the golden age of dental management because there's mm. a refocus on here's what's important. This is about growing what you have instead of just adding more pieces, more pieces to the puzzle. And so it's, it's great to see this. And now I have the opportunity to work with a lot of practices who are considering going to market. And we do evaluation for them and they're like, ah, you know, I would really like to see more, uh, you know, before we go. And we try to be conservative about what the market might bring. And so then we settle back into you know, a consulting engagement where we're pushing then like, all right, well, let's, let's round off some of the edges here. Let's retool some things in order to add some profitability. And that's where you see things really come together because like, oh, I didn't even know this was possible anymore. And so where we get to where we get to involve our partners in this and work together in order to show this piece. Now practices, dentists, group executives are looking at like, wow, you know, I thought we were doing a fantastic job, but now with all of these tools, the practices, the business is so much more profitable now. We're really ready to go to market. And that's the fantastic part of what I get to do every day. Well, Greg and Dan, thank you so much for the great discussion and all of your insights today. It's been fantastic to hear about your partnership, how you're working together, and of course, some of those experiences in the trenches, really invaluable to, to our discussion and of course, our listeners. So thank you both again for joining today. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Erica. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate everyone. Thanks, Dan. This podcast is sponsored by Clear. Clear's cloud-based software and world-class support team remove all of the complexities, hassles, and costs of dealing with insurance. 
improving patient access to care, increasing patient visits and treatment acceptance, and providing the foundation for dental practice success. To learn more, visit clear.com.